everyone. Welcome back to Do Better Podcast. Um, I've taken a bit of a break here, but I would like to say I'm back to create more podcasts and hopefully have a lot more content out. Uh, I wasn't sure for a little bit if I was going to keep the podcast going, but I continue to have listeners on multiple platforms, so that's exciting. And I have gotten some support for the podcast, so I really do think I want to keep it going and keep these conversations going about important topics and about how you can be a better person every single day. So this week, I thought I would talk about something that's come up recently in the media, and it's been in the media for a while, actually. Um... So it's, the topic this week is going to be on fat shaming and fat phobia and specifically about Jillian Michaels commenting on Lizzo. Um, so recently the ever irrelevant Jillian Michaels decided to comment on Lizzo's body saying we shouldn't celebrate her body because she's overweight and we won't be celebrating if she gets diabetes. This isn't the first time people have criticized Lizzo and this isn't the first time Jillian Michaels has done something to show her true character which, in case you were wondering, is horrible. The show, Biggest Loser, in which Jillian had her claim to fame, has since been majorly criticized for being toxic and harmful to contestants. The article, Jillian Michaels is the Biggest Loser, by Katie Way, describes the ways in which the show was horrible. Contestants were treated brutally by producers, subjected to dangerously long workouts, fat shaming, constant supervision, and minimal contact with family members and loved ones while taping. They were forced to work out for five to eight hours a day, consume well below their caloric needs, and often eat foods that weren't even healthy just because they were provided by sponsors. It wasn't uncommon for them to throw up and pass out. Even referring to the contestants as losers shows the general contempt of fat people the show promoted. A New York Post article entitled The Brutal Secrets Behind the Biggest Loser by Maureen Callahan details all this and more revealing the staff would send hate messages to the contestants, and one person even encouraged a contestant to start smoking to reduce their appetite. They lost weight at a rate of 30 pounds a week for a lot of them, or it'd be somewhere between 10 and 30 pounds a week, which is extreme, and that's well above the healthy suggested 1 to 2 pounds a week. The first ever winner of the show went from 330 pounds to 208. But after the show, he was so malnourished that he was peeing blood, which is a sign of kidney damage, if not kidney failure. And contestants often walked away with major injuries like bursitis and knee problems due to being forced to withstand weight their bodies were not ready to hold. Not to mention, most of the contestants gained back all the weight they lost, which wouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who understands how to affect healthy, sustainable change in clients. I recently became a personal trainer myself, and the number of good trainer policies the biggest loser violates is shocking. This is from someone that's just starting out in the industry, too. Framing improving one's health as a competition and mostly focusing on the number on the scale is extremely unhealthy, and I would not be surprised if most of the contestants developed obsessive behaviors and disordered eating as a result. When you frame exercise and healthy habits as a way to punish people's bad behavior, You shouldn't be surprised if they quit their wellness journey altogether, and possibly forever. The only place you can begin, you can even begin to help someone is by accepting them exactly the way they are. Even Jillian knows her show was horrible, as she left in 2014, when one contestant's particularly extreme weight loss made her feel, quote, pretty ashamed to be a part of the program. 
Um, but wasn't it just a little bit too late there? How many people had to be mentally and physically tormented by this team of so-called fitness experts for her to realize it was wrong? Based on her past involvement with this barbaric program, we should already know she's a terrible trainer and a terrible person. Recently, Michaels has made many fatphobic comments publicly, saying obesity should not be glamorized, and it's, it's only political correctness that makes us critical of the messaging like that in The Biggest Loser, which I don't understand why you would leave the show and then say, oh, it's actually not wrong, and you're just being politically correct, and trying, like, just trying to respect fat people is not being politically correct, it's being a decent human being. She claims it is wrong to celebrate people who are overweight because then we are co-signing health problems like cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. She has compared fat people to alcoholics and uses her own past history of being overweight as a means to project her own insecurities on people who are just enjoying their bodies. Her attacks on Lizzo come at the worst possible time for the artist who recently took a break or quit Twitter because of the constant trolling she receives. Just for freaking existing. Lizzo has received mass criticism, and I believe that it has a lot to do with her both being a larger-sized woman and a black woman. She recently also caught flack for wearing an open dress with a thong to a basketball game, but many highlighted the hypocrisy of those who thought her doing this was inappropriate, but see no issue with skinny white cheerleaders being half-naked at games in front of kids. It's this whole policing of black women's bodies and not allowing them to exist the way that they are, it's common in this racist society and so it really shouldn't come as a surprise if you are really paying attention to society i personally don't think a woman showing off her body is inappropriate there's a huge double standard of men being allowed to be shirtless especially at sports games and you know they're half naked and no one blinks an eye yet when women do it it's sexualized and seen as inappropriate i don't understand why bodies are sexualized anyways that could be a whole another podcast Um, A notable comparison to me, because I do pay attention to a lot of celebrity news, is Rihanna. Rihanna is black, of course, as well, but she's a lot thinner than Lizzo, but she is known for being half-naked at almost all times. She showed up to the Met Gala wearing an entirely see-through dress where, like, her boobs were showing and everything, and no one shamed her because she's skinny. She's considered conventionally attractive. But when Lizzo shows her butt cheeks, it's a national emergency. Hmm, seems like a double standard. Insecure people get upset when others accept and love themselves, especially people who have defied society's beauty norms. It's like Jillian is like, why why don't you hate yourself? Like, society's telling you to hate yourself and you don't, and that makes me mad because you're not listening to society. So Jillian is just serving her role as a white woman, as an oppressor, and that's fucked up. She uses her past of not being happy with her own body to excuse her shaming and tormenting of people she thinks should not be happy with their own, which everyone should be happy with their body, and at least appreciate what it can do and then change it if you want to, but don't hate yourself. That's not going to help you. Um, we live in a fatphobic society that is rife with unhealthy mindsets around eating and exercise. Personally, I have suffered from exercise addiction and orthorexia, which is um obsession with healthy eating taken to the extreme and a good part of why people develop disordered eating and exercise habits and disordered exercise is due to the messages society sends us about our bodies we're not just coming up with this like our brain isn't just malfunctioning 
although it is, but a lot of it is because we're told that we have to look a certain way and a lot of us just take that to the extreme. My journey to becoming a personal trainer has been one of a great deal of healing. I am still unlearning the messages I internalized from this toxic culture that celebrates weight loss, dieting, and fast results without regard to the cost. True sustainable change happens at a gradual pace and involves changing one's entire lifestyle to support your fitness goals. It's really this holistic approach that we need to have if you want real change, if you want to have a healthy lifestyle. It's not just losing weight in a couple months and going back to your old habits. The lack of education many people have on fitness has led them to fall for marketing schemes that promise fast results and inherently harmful tactics like the rapid weight loss tactics depicted in The Biggest Loser. While there may be a lower number on the scale after, the restrictive and harmful techniques used to make the person lose weight leave a negative impact on their mind, influencing their relationship with food and exercise and their body and their body, making their metabolic processes malfunction after. You can actually screw up your metabolism so bad from dieting and extreme um, deprivation that your metabolism will be messed up after. Extreme tactics only drive people to the other side. So after someone is restricted in their food intake for a certain amount of time, they will likely go binge to celebrate no longer feeling so restricted. Moderation is key. We never want people to feel like a healthy lifestyle is causing them to suffer or that they're being punished because true health makes you feel good mentally and physically. There may be some discomfort at first when adopting new habits, but the type of anguish depicted on The Biggest Loser is not healthy and does not support long-term change, which was proven with most of the contestants after the show had ended. They probably then needed to work 10 times harder to undo all of the harmful socialization they received while on the show and to get themselves on track for a healthy lifestyle. The show only made their goals farther from their grasp by focusing on a result they could show off to an audience, not satisfaction from the contestants themselves. And if you could see how miserable they are and how sick they were and how much they were suffering, you would know that your efforts aren't really valid at all. This is why in personal training, we focus on behavior-oriented goals, not outcome goals. Weight loss isn't necessarily a good goal to focus on because our weight may not be entirely in our control due to all of the different factors that influence our body composition, like genetics or having certain illnesses. But we are in control of our own behaviors. So for example, if we commit to habits like eating mostly unprocessed and whole foods, getting 30 minutes of activity a day, and eating the right amount of calories for energy needs... Weight loss will probably come naturally, and we will be putting our mental energy into what we can control, which are the behaviors needed to become healthier, instead of what we can't control, which is our weight, which society would like us to believe is the most important thing about ourselves. Weight is not even the best indicator of our health. Not all fat people are unhealthy, and not all skinny people are healthy. It's impossible to tell someone's health by looking at them. And Jillian implying Lizzo might get diabetes is not only irresponsible as a trainer, but inaccurate and quite blatantly fucking cruel. She deserves to have her licenses revoked for spreading such dangerous misinformation. Fat shaming in our culture has not created a healthier society as people like Jillian claim its goal is, but has instead created a much unhealthier society in which we force an quote-unquote ideal body standard on everyone, even people who it's unattainable for, and do nothing to actually invest in people's well-being or to encourage them to take care of their bodies, 
which, yes, includes loving their body. It is never okay to assume someone is at risk of certain health problems, especially to announce that publicly. And the only people who should be talking about Lizzo's health are the health professionals she goes to herself. Jillian is not a doctor, and implying she has medical knowledge just because she's a trainer is dangerous and irresponsible. People can't let fat people live. They treat fat people loving their bodies as a crime, even claiming this promotes obesity and unhealthy habits. It is everyone's personal responsibility to care for their own bodies in the ways which work for them. It is no one else's place to comment on other people's habits. We as a culture need to promote a more holistic sense of well-being, in which there is no room for fat shaming. Weight loss isn't and shouldn't be a goal for everyone because having more weight doesn't automatically mean you're unhealthy. It is one's practices and habits that determine how healthy they are. And really, that's your own business. No one says shit when skinny people eat soda and pizza, but when fat people do it, suddenly they're promoting an unhealthy diet. Everyone is allowed to eat unhealthy a little bit of the time, and it's really none of your business what other people do with their body. Different people have different body types, and we should accept them all without exception, because no one should be told their body isn't beautiful just because it doesn't fit your ideal. The quote-unquote ideal body type is something that has been constructed by society, according to mostly Eurocentric beauty standards of thinness. In many cultures, the fuller the figure, the better. We also don't seem to preoccupy ourselves as much with men's bodies, which reflects the inherent sexism of fat shaming as well. It is only because women are expected to follow society's demands to be beautiful in the way powerful people in society demand us to. Existing the way we want to isn't considered valid. We must comply with the way others want us to exist in order to be respected. This is ludicrous. Even if another person is unhealthy, if they haven't asked for your input, you have no place in giving it because all you're doing is furthering the toxic culture we live in that only cares about appearance instead of fostering healthy habits. As a survivor of an eating disorder myself, I'm hyper aware to the ways in which this culture is toxic, especially for women. The media we consume has, for most of our recent history, endorsed fat shaming and celebrated weight loss, while neglecting the topics of mental health, how to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle for oneself, and how one's position in society impacts their health. We have shied away from having productive conversations to dissect why it is that so many people, 30 million people in the U.S. to be exact, suffer from disordered eating, and how we can help create a culture that avoids extremes and embraces the true meaning of health and fitness, which is an attainable lifestyle that supports physical and emotional well-being for that person specifically. There are barriers like environmental racism, structural inequalities in the healthcare system and in medicine, and poverty, which prevent many people from ever being able to reach this. And we should take all this misguided energy used to focus on people's outward appearance and use it to dismantle systems which keep healthy living inaccessible to all. Because ultimately, we have to honor a person's autonomy over their own body. It's your choice to be healthy, and it's your choice to be unhealthy. But whatever you choose has nothing to do with me, and I have no right to shame you or give my opinion on what you choose because it doesn't affect me or my choices. And everyone deserves the right to choose what is best for themselves, which requires having equal access to important resources like healthcare providers, health information, gyms and fitness centers, fresh open spaces like parks, and healthy food, which a lot of people don't have in society. 
Working to provide everyone with these will require work in many different arenas of society, peeling back the layers of systemic racism, sexism, ableism, and so forth, which prevent all groups of people from enjoying the same benefits. We must commit to being truly health-centered, which means simultaneously respecting everyone's bodily autonomy and choices, while working to ensure everyone has equal freedom to make these choices, like getting rid of those barriers to resources. No part of this work includes the practices Jillian Michaels has become notorious for. No part of personal training or health coaching includes critiquing someone else's body and assuming their health based on their looks. Jillian Michaels has proven she is not trustworthy in the fitness community, and I believe she should be ostracized from it. She has committed undeniable harm, and the only reason she deserves to be in the spotlight anymore is to announce her retirement from the fitness world. However, she speaks from a scary and dark place that caring and informed people like me would like to pretend is only an isolated incident. I would love to just sweep her into the rug and say, this is just one horrible person speaking out, don't pay attention. But I know that fat people face shame and humiliation every single day because of the society we live in. Jillian is a product of a culture that has prioritized appearance over all else and has possibly permanently discouraged many people from ever focusing on their health due to the mental anguish they have been subjected to from people who claim to be fitness professionals. We must recognize that if we don't disrupt fat shaming whenever we can in our own day-to-day interactions, our culture will continue to brutalize not only pop stars in the spotlight, but anyone deemed as defying society's beauty standards, people who our culture has deemed not worthy of loving their bodies. Jillian, please go away forever. The only person that should be ashamed is you and your horrifying posse. I promise there are health professionals out there who actually use their credentials for good and help their clients without first making them feel like shit and like there's anything wrong with their body. Most of us can improve our habits in some way, and people hire health professionals to help them improve. But let me say it again, there is nothing wrong with you. The only way to create change is to first accept that where you are right now is perfectly okay. Health is about living a long, disease-free life, making good choices for your future every single day, taking responsibility for your own body, and also enjoying day-to-day life so that you can feed your mind and your body from a place of gratitude and fullness rather than lack. And this involves a sense of balance and moderation. It's not about always doing the thing that's 100% amazing for your health and the best for your future, because sometimes you got to live and you got to eat that donut because you really want it. And I'm not saying you should eat donuts every single day. You can if you want to. But I'm saying that there's a healthy balance here, and I don't agree with the principles of restriction or perfection because that's what led me to suffer um, for many years of my life because I thought I couldn't allow myself to have any bit of sugar, any bit of unhealthy food or that it would be excessive. But that's really not true at all. We really like to follow the 80-20 rule in health coaching and personal training that 80% of the time you're making awesome decisions, maybe 20% of the time you're doing things that are eating food that isn't 100% amazing for you but that's okay because our bodies have you know they work so well they are very complex machines that take care of us so we have a little bit of wiggle room in terms of we don't always have to be eating the most pure food on the entire planet um 
And we don't make good decisions when we are only focused on outward appearance or impressing other people, like the people on the show, um, The Biggest Loser Were, or an outcome like a number on a scale. Our culture has entirely missed the point when it comes to health and wellness. And I hope that we can all start to take responsibility for our part in dismantling this toxic culture that has allowed countless people to sacrifice their health and ultimately to just end up suffering more. So that's all I have for today. I really hope this podcast made you think a little bit about things that you hear in the media. Um, Definitely don't like internalize these messages. I know it can be very difficult, but it's taken me a really long time to be at a place where I don't internalize these messages and I don't, um, you know, take health and fitness to the extreme, which is really awesome for me. And my whole goal in going into the fitness industry is to help people have this healthy balance where they're not on one side of the extreme, where they're not always making bad choices for themselves and where they're not always obsessing over making the best choices for themselves. Because there is that balance and you need to have a healthy mindset of this is about the big picture. It's not about a number. It's not about a measurement. It's about the big picture of are you making good choices for yourself today, tomorrow, and 50 years from now? And eating healthy food most of the time and getting enough exercise and getting enough sleep. And once you develop these good practices, you're on the road to doing that. So it's really, really unnecessary to police other people's bodies, especially women, especially black women. And Jillian Michaels is terrible, and so I really hope you do um, a little bit more research on this issue, um, body shaming, fat shaming, specifically of women and black women. This issue definitely has several layers that I didn't fully address in this podcast because it's kind of just a um, me coming back, I guess, to the podcast world after several months, so I kind of just did a little bit of a dive into the issue, but there's so many layers you can peel back with it. Um, So I'm not going to even pretend like I really developed um, it fully or went into it fully. So definitely do your own research and just do your part in making sure if you hear someone talk, like um, even shaming themselves, you know, or talking about weight loss or talking about dieting and things like that. I always you know, I'm not going to attack them because, you know, that's their choice again, but there's little things you can say to be like, oh, but, you know, diets aren't fun, you know, things like that to encourage people to take a better approach that isn't about restriction, isn't about rapid change, because let's be honest, you're not really going to see the results you want to see, like, right away. It takes several months of healthy habits and commitment and that's why this is a lifestyle. Like you're in it for the long haul. You're in it for a long, healthy life. If we all just died at a certain age automatically, then, you know, maybe there would be no point. But <laughs> we can really actually influence our lifespan and how um, enjoyable our life is and how, you know, if we can get diseases and things that are preventable in our society by our own habits. So that's what I want to promote, and that's what we should really be promoting um, in the health and fitness world, not this obsessiveness over people's appearance or pretending like we know their blood work, like we're their doctor. Um, So I really hope that we see this discourse really shut down 
uh, be shut down in the media. And I think Jillian Michaels is receiving a lot of criticism. So hopefully that shows that people are starting to wake up to this issue. Just do as much research as you can. And like I said, speak up when you hear things that support this toxic culture that we currently still have. So thank you so much for listening. Um, Make sure to like me on Facebook, Do Better Podcast. I also have a blog where I post all of the um, show notes, like I type it out. That's dobetterpodcast.home.blog. Um, yeah, and if you have any topics you want me to address next, please let me know. I will hopefully be coming out with another one soon. So thank you for so much for listening and keep doing better.